All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Puck and Right Chicago podcast with Shaylin Brady and Megan Simmons. I'm going to start doing that now. Um, this is, it feels, I think it feels longer because last week, last week's podcast, we recorded on a Friday for a Monday. And this week, we're back to our normal Sunday recording for a Monday podcast episode. And I think that, I think that this week felt super long because. That's that was the last time we video chatted, but like I mean, we text each other all the time. But it just felt super long this week, and even though there isn't a whole lot to talk about in terms of hockey news, it just felt like super long. And especially with the convention coming up, I'm like, I'm getting antsy. It's funny because um, I was actually thinking about that Friday on my way home from work. I was like, it feels like forever since I've talked to Shay. I mean, we, like you said, like we literally text every single day, mm-hmm. even if it's just a quick like, hey, sorry, I was busy today, but I hope you're doing well, you know, right? Um, kind of text. But it was just it was funny because on Friday, yeah, I was thinking the same thing like, damn, it's been a while. But um, but yeah, I'm very happy to be back recording. It's been a long week. It's even been it's been a long weekend. Yes. Yes. It feels like the weekends lasted forever. I'm like. It's one of those odd situations where I'm kind of ready to go back to work tomorrow morning. Well, that's how I feel, too, because I was, I took, well, last week I had a little kerfluffle and I was in the ER on Tuesday night for an ovarian cyst bursting. And then I was in New Buffalo, Michigan on Friday. So I kind of felt like the Friday was like a Saturday. Like I felt like it was because I don't work on Fridays. That's my Fridays and Sundays are my off days. I work every other day uh, of the week. And so I Friday's like, okay, I got the schedule clear. Like my, my calendar literally says on there on the to-do list, like relax, it's an off day. So I, my, my weekend was started early. So I kind of felt like thrown off by that. And then I did so much yesterday and I did so much today. My cousin had her bridal shower. Like it was, it was really fun. And I saw a ton of family, but I'm just like, okay, I'm ready to get back into my normal routine, which it'll be my normal routine for two days. And then you're here on Wednesday. So it'll be totally thrown. So (laughs) I'm, um, like, I'm kind of with you. Like yesterday, I, I didn't even, I was gonna say I woke up early, but I didn't, but I, I woke up later than I have been waking up. And, um, I think that's partially due to like the rut I was just telling you about before we started recording that I'm in. Um, but I, you know, Annabelle and I, my dog laid in, we laid in bed for like an hour yesterday and then I like got going, but I was done with everything I needed to do by like noon yesterday. And I'm not usually done that early with like running errands and everything. And I got home and it felt like a Sunday. Like I could not figure out, like, I don't know. I was so confused. And then I woke up this morning and for some reason, I guess, even though yesterday, like I knew it was Saturday yesterday, I woke up this morning in like a frenzy because it was like eight thirty and my like my alarms hadn't gone off obviously because it's not a Monday. Right. Uh, but I was so I was so flustered. I like sat up really quickly and I checked my phone and then I saw that it was Sunday. I was like oh, man. Take it so, easy, yeah, man. Take it easy. It was just, and then I laid in bed for an hour and a half. Um it but it's just like I don't know. It's just been weird. Like this weekend's just felt like a time warp or something. Like mm-hmm. it's because even like Friday night, like I got home from work at four thirty five ish, and I don't usually get home from work that early. Um, but I don't know, it just felt weird. I guess I felt like I had an extra day because I got home super so early on Friday. But yeah. I don't know, it was it's weird. Like today, even like it's it's five o'clock, but it doesn't feel like five o'clock. Like it feels way earlier in the day than it actually is. And I'm like, Oh no, I have to have dinner soon and take my dog out on a walk soon and all this stuff. And 
I don't know. It's just been a flurry. So I'm glad that we're sitting down to do the podcast today. Yes, me too. Me too. And I'm specifically pretty happy to talk about some free agency things because people are people are doing things. So uh, let's just jump right into that because there is a lot to talk about here uh, in terms of free agency and signing and everything. So I'm just going to run through them. I've, we've done this before. I'm going to run through them and then we'll talk about, we'll hit on a couple of them here, um, the big name ones. So the first one that came out Last week, Jordan Bennington signed a two-year deal with the St. Louis Blues at a $4.4 million average annual value. So as this past season, as everyone knows, the St. Louis Blues won the Stanley Cup. He uh, played 32 games. He had, a tw- he had 24 wins, five losses, and one tie. He had a 1.89 goals against average and a 9.27 save percentage, which whether you like the Blues or not, whether you like Jordan Bennington or not, you can't deny those are pretty pretty good numbers, uh, But but it is kind of it is kind of skewed just because he only played 32 games. He didn't play like a, a real split tandem because the Blues did have a, a goalie situation there. But moving on, Dylan Cousins, who was the seventh overall pick to the Buffalo Savers in this year's draft, signs his three-year entry-level contract at 925000 average annual value. So last season, uh, playing with the Lethbridge Hurricanes of the WHL, he played in 68 games, had 34 goals and 50 assists for 84 points. Uh, the, uh, Andre Borovkovsky signs a one-year deal with the Colorado Avalanche at $3.25 million after being traded over from the Washington Capitals. He was a restricted free agent. Last season, he played in 76 games, had 12 goals, 13 assists, and 25 points. Uh, from there, Ryan Donato signed a two-year deal with the Minnesota Wild at $1.9 million average annual value. He was traded over midseason for Charlie Coyle, who proved to be pretty good a pretty good acquisition for the Boston Bruins down the stretch. But Ryan Donato last season played in 56 games and had 10 goals and 15 assists for 25 points. And then Jakob Vrana signed a two-year deal to stay with the Washington Capitals at a $3.35 million average annual value. Last year, he played all 82 games, had 24 goals and 23 assists for 47 points, so almost a 50-point player. I think that's pretty fair. Uh, Connor Carrick, who I was very excited about because he's a hometown boy, Orland Park, Illinois, signed a two-year deal with the New Jersey Devils at $1.5 million average annual value. Last year, he played 34 games and had two goals and nine assists for 11 points. JT Confer signs a four-year deal with the Colorado Avalanche at a $3.5 million average annual value. He played in 66 games last season, had 16 goals and 16 assists for 32 points. And the ball that we were kind of waiting to drop since his rights were acquired by the New York Rangers, Jacob Truba signs a seven-year deal at $8 million average annual value. So he also played all 82 games last season, had eight goals and 42 assists for 50 points last season. And then the last signing that we have before we get to the one trade that has happened, uh, Bowen Byram, who is the fourth overall pick to the Colorado Avalanche this past draft, signs his entry-level contract at three years at $925,000 average annual value. Uh, Last season, he played for the Vancouver Giants of the WHL. And in 67 games, he had 26 goals and 45 assists for 71 points as a a defenseman. So that's a that's that's not too shabby. And then the last one that we want to kind of cover here, this is the big one, and we'll start with this one. The Edmonton Oilers acquire James Neal from the Calgary Flames in exchange for Milan Lucic and a conditional third-round pick in the 2020 draft. Edmonton will retain 12.5%, which is $750,000 of Lucic's salary. And Lucic, Lucic and Neal kind of had similar numbers. Neal last season had 63 games, in 63 games had 7 goals and 12 assists for 19 points. And Lucic played in 79 games and had six goals and 14 assists for 20 points. So 
both kind of a change of scenery, I feel like. Neal was very highly touted when he was traded from Vegas to Calgary to try and help boost that top six, and it didn't really happen that way. He was great with Vegas and great in Nashville, and he's been great throughout his career, but I guess it just wasn't a fit. And then Lucic, obviously everyone knows Lucic's background in Edmonton not being so great and the fans just being on him, especially for that contract because he was signed to a $6 million contract for, I think he's still signed for the next three years, I'm pretty sure, 21, 22 or something like that. He'll be 35 years old. So a lot of people were harping on Peter Shirelli and him for that. But let's start there because the condition for that third round pick as well, I think it was like, James Neal needs to score 21 goals and Milan Lucic needs to score 10 fewer than that for it to go from a third round pick to a second round pick. That was the weirdest condition I've ever heard. It's like 21 goals and then the other guy has to score 10 or less than that. Like, so he has to score less than 11. Yes. Why couldn't they have just said that? Yes. And he scored six last (laughs) season. So I don't know if that'll be... If that'll be, I'm trying to it's look and see. Weird. Like, I don't really understand. The whole trade to me was wild because I, I don't know. I, I was shocked that Edmonton mm-hmm. was able to trade Milan Lucic because he's the one that everybody's been like, the Edmonton Oilers need to do something about that. Right. Um, and everybody's like, oh, they're not going to be able to, but here we are talking about a trade that happened. Oh, so like, it's I not. Just, Sorry, it's not It's not a second to a third. I just found the tweet. Two conditions have to be met for the Oilers to send the third-round pick. So James Neal has to record at least 21 goals, and Lucic scores at least 10 fewer goals than Neal, but they'll only get the third-round pick if that happens. So it's not like coming, going from a third to a second. It's just like the pick in general. Like the pick will be sent to them if this happens. So anyway, continue. I I know. That was just strange. This whole trade just doesn't make any sense. I mean, it makes sense to me, like, in terms of, like, they're comparable-ish players, I guess. But, I don't know. The whole thing was just wild. Like, I I saw it, and I was just... It took me a minute to, like, process the fact that it happened. Like, it was... It's just weird. I don't know. I... Maybe it's just because I think I have this, like, false understanding of how good or bad James Neal is for some reason. I think it's because when I first, like, really got into hockey a couple years ago, um, he was on the Predators, I'm pretty sure. And he was, like, Mm -hmm. really good and definitely a guy that you were scared of and all this stuff. And then, like, the last, like, year or so, you haven't really heard much about him aside from the fact that, like, He's not doing much of anything, but for Mm -hmm. some reason, I think I still have that, like, I'm still making that connection of, like, oh, he was good. So, I I don't know. And, and, I mean, I guess, I think Milan Lucic is different only because, like, I knew of him when I was getting into hockey, but I knew of him when he was playing with the Bruins. Mm -hmm. And I don't think he was still playing with the Bruins when I got into hockey, so... I don't know. It's this whole thing is just weird to me and I'm like still trying to process it. I think I mean I think it's a fine trade on both sides. I mean, both guys are struggling and you're right like the whole change of scenery thing. Um it'll be interesting to see if any of them act, or e- if either of them do better due to a change of scenery just because they're both older, so yeah. I'm not sure if it works the same way as like trading like a younger guy who who maybe doesn't have like a lot of NHL experience, like Dylan Stroman, 
um, and Nick Schmaltz, both of them only had like a couple of years under their belt. So right. I think the change probably would have been easier for them. I don't know. I could be totally wrong. Again, as I say, almost every single podcast, I'm not an athlete. So maybe it's different, but it was just, this trade just struck me as weird. Well, and I got it while I was en route to New Buffalo. I was about an hour out and I just started the trip and I was with my friend Marina who it loves baseball but she's not huge into hockey. And so I, I got the notification from Elliot Friedman retweeted it. And I was like, Marina, read this tweet. Cause all I saw was Lucic and trade. And I was like, Marina, read the tweet, read, <laughs> read the it. tweet. And she's like, Milan Lucic. And I was like, Milan Lucic, Edmonton Oilers to who? And she's like, uh, I don't know how to say the city, but flames. And I was like, what? And then she, <laughs> and then she said it was for James Neal. And I was like, Wait, what? And then and then the oh next step gosh. was like, wait, okay, so is Edmonton going to retain any of the salary or did they shed the entire contract? Because I think if Ken Holland shredded that entire contract, that would just be like, oh, beautiful. I like, don't, yeah, your that first major made... move as the GM after whatever happened with Peter Shirelli, like you would have been a you would have been a saint. But I mean, they're only retaining 750 grand, which isn't it's no, a lot better than like 6 million. <laughs> it's a lot better than 6 million. Yeah, I'm, I'm like genuinely curious. So I don't. We've probably talked about this before. I don't really like Edmonton. It's not, well, it's not that I don't like them. I just they're just I'm just indifferent. Like they're yeah. they're there. They had Wayne Gretzky um, at one time. <laughs> they did. That is that is something they had uh, or someone. <laughs> and I then guess. they gave it um, away. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like it, they're not a team I hate, but they're not a team I particularly like at all. So it's mm-hmm. like they're just there for me and um i don't know i'm interested to see what happens with them because the pacific sucks and i think we talked about that last week um so it'll be interesting i think between them and vancouver i think those two teams might this is my hot take for the for the podcast Mm. i think i think those teams might shake up a really boring pacific yeah both of them like Edmonton and well I know Vancouver for sure I think like in the Pacific you got Vegas for sure Vegas and San Jose are pretty much up there as locks the California teams are just uh, the other California teams are just met Arizona could also be a wild card now that they got Phil Kessel I feel like they can just you know I don't know mess around and get top three in the division but I just feel like it's got to the point where like theme that I'm missing like the Oilers have like they have Connor McDavid, like they're it's, they're eventually going to be good. Your center depth is so good. You can I don't have know how to explain it any other way. Like they're going to be good eventually. Like it. You can have so like when you have McDavid. Oh, Calgary. Sorry, Calgary's the other the other team in the Pacific. So it would be like Calgary, San Jose, and Vegas at the top, and then I think wild cards would be like Vancouver, Arizona, maybe Edmonton, but. Edmonton, your center, their center depth is so great. You have Connor McDavid, Ron Nugent Hopkins, and Leon Draisaitl. I, I put mm-hmm. Leon Draisaitl second line center, then Nuge third line center. But the problem is, is that they were playing them together, all three of them together, and like Connor McDavid in the middle, and those two as wings when they're clearly centers. Yeah. The problem is, is that Edmonton can't seem to find any wingers. But hey, hey, you know who they could really use right now? Taylor Hall and Jordan Everly. Yeah, <laughs> you could really be using that right about now. But like. 
I'm just I'm interested because I yeah. I'm intrigued yeah. because I think I think like the, the the Oilers, the Canucks and the Devils are going to be three teams that really like Ooh, I feel the like Devils. they've done things quietly this summer. Well, the Ray Devils not Shiro so much. is having an off season. <laughs> I, like he's doing the most and I, I don't know I'm I'm curious I don't again like aside from the Canucks like I don't particularly like any of these teams but I'm like even that you could throw the Coyotes in there but I'm like curious to see what they do because those teams have just made big moves but they've been kind of quietly big moves right right like I don't know it this offseason's also just been strange um so I guess it'll just be interesting to see how all all three of those teams do because I genuinely think that Edmonton and Vancouver especially can shake up the Pacific and I think the Devils can shake up the I think they're in the Atlantic. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No, they're um, in the Metro. They're in the Metro. Are they in the Metro? Mm-hmm. Mm, might be a little tougher then, but like I feel like they could at least give some people some hell. I think they'll. I don't think they're gonna <laughs> Devils. Um, <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, Unplanned. Do that um, but yeah, I, I, hmm, I don't know. I think they could, I think they could, I don't know that they'll make a run at a playoff spot, maybe like a wild card spot, but. Right. I think, well. Also weird. Cause you've got like the, the Rangers and also, but like the Capitals have been really quiet this year and the Penguins yes. have been kind of quiet. The Penguins so, haven't done anything. Anything except trade people away. Yeah. So. And I, so I don't. Oli Mata really, and Phil Kessel were like their two yeah, big moves. I think the I really do think that the Metro is going to look different as far mm-hmm. as well, like when it comes to playoffs. I think I think the Blue Jackets are probably not going to make the playoffs. They're in the Metro, right? Yeah. Um, I think the Rangers might. I think the Devils could make a run at it. I think the Hurricanes probably will because they're bringing back basically the same team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, minus Calvin DeHaan. Right. And a couple other guys that I can't think of off the top of my they head. Just, um, they just signed Brock McGinn. My boy Brock we'll talk, McGinn. We'll talk about or, that. Yeah, yeah. We'll, I'll, I'll, I'll do my um, PA announcer Brock McGinn when we get to him. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like the Metro, I feel like so much has happened this offseason that I feel like a lot of the teams that were really good last year might not be as good this coming year. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious. I'm like anxious for the season to start because I think some teams have been making some money moves and I want to see how things pan out. For once, I'm really interested in chaos. Yes. Well, and speaking of the Devils, you touched on that there. The other one I kind of wanted to touch on just because – I just wanted to say this because I have been following Connor Carrick for his entire NHL career now, and I do follow him really closely on Instagram and stuff like that, and a lot of the things that he does has kind of inspired me, and he, I don't know if any of you follow him on Instagram, you should though, he's super inspirational and like really like actually deep and thoughtful on Instagram. Yes, and Hoagie, we love Hoagie, Uh, but he was sharing a couple months ago this little journal that he has, it's called the five minute journal. And basically it's, you do it every morning and every night. And in the morning you write, it's the first thing you do when you wake up. You, I, it's like the third, fourth thing I do when I wake up, I wake up, go to the bathroom, wash my face, brush my teeth. And then I, and then I come back to my room and I do my journal. So it's like, well, I'm still like waking up, but you write, it has like a quote or a challenge on the very top of the every day. And then it says, uh, three things that you're grateful for three things that would make today great. And then it's a daily self affirmation. Like I am dot, dot, dot. 
And so you have to write something positive about yourself. And then at the end of the day, you write three amazing things that happened and one thing that you could probably have done better for like the next time that you run into a situation like that. And I am all about the self-care, like self self-journaling, like, it, like all that kind of stuff, self-actualization. And so it was on sale on Amazon for like 20 bucks. So I bought it and I've been doing it every single day. And it's really changed my perspective on a lot of things. I'm, I'm genuine, like it, in general, I'm a very happy and positive person and I'm very optimistic about things, but this is probably push that to like times 10 and he posts what he writes sometimes on Instagram and he's, his hashtag is consistency. And he's very like, I want to put clean things on my body. I want to do things for my body that make sense for me. I want to live a like what's a, like what a healthy and happy lifestyle for me is, and I encourage others to find what theirs is as well and go after it. And he's had kind of a tough go of it in his NHL career, especially when he was in Toronto too. He he never really got the minutes that he was supposed to, and he's kind of bounced around from AHL to NHL level. And he he's a really really hardworking guy and. Uh, it, it inspires me a lot in my life and I love following him on Instagram. So just to see him, just to see him, you know, get this little pay raise and, and kind of lock in a two year deal here in New Jersey. I think that's really good for him and I'm really happy for him. So if any of you don't follow Connor Carrick, he's one of the better athletes that I follow on social media. He's really active on there and he's really inspirational and just, but he's also real. He's like, Hey, I went to Vegas and I did some bad stuff and I ate really bad food, but I'm home now and I'm back into my routine and it's okay to take breaks and do that. Like it's okay to it's okay to, you know, have some self-care time and all that stuff. So he's really real and really awesome. And I think that's really awesome for him. So I just wanted to talk about that before we jumped over to the Blackhawks, because we've got some stuff to talk about there, sister. So let's start first. I forgot to put it on the dock, but I totally remembered it sitting here. Um, let's like a quick, quick, quick recap of development camp. So this past week was development camp for the Blackhawks prospects, uh, a lot of the main guys were there. Anna Boquist, Ian Mitchell, Nicholas Badan for defensemen. Kirby Doc, third overall pick this year, was also in attendance. And there was other guys. I think Evan Barrett was just doing off-ice stuff. There was a couple other guys that were there as well. Uh, Mackenzie Entwistle was there. Uh, oh, who's Alexi Gravel. There's there's a couple other guys that were there that are, have been in the Blackhawks system for a little bit. And... I didn't get to go down at all. The guys at Second City Hockey did go down on Friday for the prospect scrimmage game. But I, if any of you don't follow, we all, we all know this, that we're all friends. Uh, I'm friends with Charlie Romeliotis from NBC Sports Chicago. I have him on um, tweet notification, actually. So I was getting a lot of the, the videos that he was taking of players, you know, doing drills and all that stuff. And there are some players that were really excited, like Kirby Doc. Every, every highlight video I watched of him, I was like, okay, this guy's sick. Yeah. I know. I was like... The one that got me was the one where he lifted that guy's stick on the back, like when uh-huh. he, the guy was trying to back check him. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. And then he's—I think he went and scored. Like, I was like, dude, okay, okay. Like, like I was super cash. It's—it gave me Jonathan Tapes vibes. I was very—I've been very hung up since the draft. I've been very hung up on the fact that the Blackhawks did not take Bowen Byram, and I—I I, I like Kirby Doc, and I like the pick, and I think he's going to be great for us down the line because eventually Jonathan Taves is not going to be playing hockey anymore. And we kind of need that bona fide like first line center to replace him. And I'm not saying it's like within the next like two to three years, but like over five years, probably eventually down the line, you know? And I think that's really good for us too. And I know we got a lot of defensemen in the system and that's, that's been my argument that it's like, okay, we didn't take Bowen Byron because we have Boquist and Bodan and Mitchell and all these guys coming up. 
but also like I, I like for the longest time I was like this kid is so the, the, the Bowen Byram I was like this kid is so good as a defenseman he's a very offensively minded defenseman and I was like we need we need that we need goals we need stuff to go in the back of the net but then after watching this week of Kirby Dock at development camp I was like I think we're gonna be okay I think I'm okay with that decision we'll be fine um, yeah I I don't I'm not like I know a lot of people are like oh my god he's gonna make the NHL this year Time. Personally, wow, my voice just went really high. I that was high. That. I was trying to say, like, eh, like I'm not really sure. I, I still think he'll play. Is he in, he's in the WHL, right? Yeah. I believe so. Um, yeah, I think he'll play there this season. They he was might from call the Saskatoon up. Blades. Saskatoon Blades. Um, I think they might call him up at the end of the year, kind of like what they did with John Hayden once his college season was over a couple of Years ago, mm-hmm. I think that was this season they were playing the Predators in the playoffs. I think so. That was twenty seventeen. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, it feels like so long ago. Um, anyways, I think that's what they might do with him. I'd be very surprised if he made the team out of camp. I think he's one of those players that I could see them giving him a couple of games to see. Right, but, like that nine game stretch in the beginning yeah, of the year, yeah. and then sending him back. But, but I, I'd be a little surprised if they um, if they kept him up like the whole season. Or well, if- a player that I was also very impressed with and a player that Stan Bowman also said, and I was like, this guy might be NHL ready, Adam Boquist is a stud. And I have heard like around just hockey in general and around here that everyone's like, well, Boquist isn't going to be ready for another like year or two still. And maybe he's not the best defenseman that we have in the system right now. And I watched these clips of him playing and I was like, okay, this, this guy, this guy might be ready. And Stan Bowman said it too, at the end of the, at the end of the week, he was like, you know, we, we want him at the NHL level at some point this upcoming season. So he, he, I think he's ready to make the jump. Bodan is not ready to make the jump yet. Ian Mitchell isn't ready to make the jump yet. But before this camp, I was like, I don't think Boquist is ready to make the jump at least one more year in the O with London. But, and if anything, call him up and have him play in Rockford in the A. But like, I, I watched him play and I was like, oh, I might have been very wrong. And this guy might be ready now, but he's, he's sensational to watch. And he was one of the other guys that I was like, we're good. <laughs> like, well, we're going to be fine. And, you know, after trading, after trading Yoki Haru, I kind of have a little more like relief that it's like, okay, we do have a guy that's coming because we all know, yeah. we all saw, you know, Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook. They're still great players, but they're not as great as they were back in their prime. And they are still, they are losing that step. They're getting into their mid thirties. So like to have a couple guys that are coming in that can, that can try Like we got Olimata and then Boquist and we got Murphy and Gustafson's still there. So and it's, it's becoming, yeah. And Dahan, it's becoming a more younger decor, I think. And that's really yeah. good. And, not saying like push Keith and Seabrook out, like keep, I, I don't ever want them to That'd retire, <laughs> but like it's, 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 I feel like Stan Bowman isn't doing a full on rebuild, but he's kind of doing like a quick retool of like, Hey man, we might be losing these guys in the next like five or so years. So we're just going to start getting it going here to kind of get our replacements and get our plan in, in place just so we're ready to do it. So I thought he was really great too, but I've heard, I, and the one player I heard, not so great things about was Alexander Nylander, which kind of gave me a little bit of a concern. I didn't really see anything. I, I saw a couple people that were like, hey, he was good, but he wasn't great. So it wasn't like he was terrible. It's just like he didn't really impress anybody. But 
I didn't get to see it with my own eyes, so I have no idea, but that's just kind of like... Yeah, I, I mean, I I think I was at work when those were happening, so I was trying to follow it on my phone the best I could, um, especially on my lunch, but yeah, I, don't, I, I can't really say for sure either, but I was like, I saw that too, and I was like, oh man... So really? we'll see how that goes. We'll see. We've still got time. We've still got time. We're, we're not there yet. But something no. that did happen over the last week is that the Blackhawks traded Artem Anisimov to the Ottawa Senators for Zach Smith. So Smith last season with the Ottawa Senators plays, played in 70 games, had nine goals and 19 assists for 28 points. Uh, he, those 19 assists were a career high for him, and he did serve as an alternate captain for the Ottawa Senators. And Anisimov, the past season with the Blackhawks, played in 78 games, had 15 goals and 22 assists for 37 points. Uh, this did really clear up some cap space for the Blackhawks. So the Smith, Smith's, cap, Smith's cap hit, that's hard, was 3.2 is 3.25 million AAV, and he has a modified no-trade clause. And Anisimov's cap hit was 4.55. And they both run through the 2020-21 season. So it clears, it clears almost a million, a little over a million dollars in cap space. So now I think the Blackhawks are just over 3.3 million in cap space, I believe that's what I saw last saw on cap friendly, but I think it was also this move meant, you know, cap dump and get rid of a higher cap hit and also clear up the log jam that was at center because we did acquire Carpenter and we do have camp yeah. and doc. If he, if the Blackhawks decide that they want to keep him up after a nine game window or whatever, but Carpenter can play center, which is really good. And we needed to get rid, we needed to move that contract out, I think, but I didn't have a problem with Anisimov. I mean, I think last season, I think last season he had a bit of like a little down year. I mean, I Anisimov most nights I was noticing the negative things that he did more so than the positive things that he did, which kind of sucks because I really do like him and I like him as a player. But I think I don't know. Zach Smith seems pretty excited to be a Blackhawk based on his social media. Yeah. He already changed his profile within like five yeah. minutes of the trade, so. Who knows? Who knows? Someone someone described him. I saw him on Twitter. I can't recall who it was right now, but someone described him as a power forward. And I was like, huh. I, I, I know. I was like, I probably couldn't tell you outside of like Brady Kachuk and Thomas Shabbat who plays on the Ottawa Senators. So I know I'm right there with you. I, <laughs> I, Anderson. <laughs> I had, to, had to Google him. Yeah. Because I, I, I heard his name before, but I didn't fully recognize the name. I was like, Hmm. I need to I need to look this guy up just to just to see. Just to get, um, get a little. It's one of those trades where I was like, I was happy about it initially. Like not. Let me back up. I love Anisimov. I think he 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 was great with the Kane and Panera line center. I know. Those two. Like and that that line was magic. Probably my favorite line that's ever like that I've ever watched. Yeah. And just magic. I, I think it will be forever, but. Without Panarin there, the problem with Patrick Kane, and this isn't really a problem, is that he goes through line mates like no one's business, and it's it's just. But I don't can think play it's anything on him. Exactly, I I don't. It's not on him at all. It's just I think it's hard to play with him. And again, like that's not a bad thing. It's he plays at a level where you have to know what he's doing to like anticipate it, so that. He plays like three steps ahead. He's like Gretzky. Exactly. Like, yeah. And you have to play like that. And I think with Panarin on the line, the two of them both play a game kind of like that. And Anisimov was able to keep up with the two of them that way. And I think he was less of a like, 
let me center it for you more of a like I'll get that rebound and shove it in right that sounded weird but like you know what I mean like it, it just that line was just so good and I think after Panarin left though it's kind of one of those things of like well Nisimov and Kane doesn't really work no matter what winger you put with on like on the other side so then, like, they tried to bump him down to the third and fourth line. None of those really fit either. And then you had, like, the log jam at center. So it was kind of one of those things of, like, I was kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. Right. This summer. Like, I, I kind of figured they were going to trade him. I'm, I'm like, sad about it. I, I really do like Anisimov. And um, I don't know. It, it sucks. But I also understand the move. And I think it makes sense for the team going forward. It's, like, one of the ones where I was, like, legitimately really logical about it obviously yeah um instead of like tying emotional stuff to it um I think the emotional ones are usually the ones where it comes out of nowhere those are the ones that usually upset me uh but this one I think I was kind of surprised he didn't get traded last summer yeah so I it, it sucks to see him go because I do genuinely think that he's like he's a good player. bottom six guy. He really yeah. is. Yeah. Like I don't I don't think he's a bad player at all. And I like you you can see that with the two seasons he played with Panarin and Kane. But um but yeah, I I don't know. It's one of those things where it sucks, but I also it's it's a good thing yeah, in the is, end. Yeah. Well, that was the only bit of news basically for the Blackhawks this week, but the convention does start this week, so when you're hearing this, this is Monday. The convention will be starting on Friday, which is super exciting. And uh, tomorrow, I tomorrow as in Monday, so today when you're hearing this, um, I have a convention guide piece coming this week, uh, coming on Second City Hockey. So it's basically like my top ten tri- tips and tricks, and then also the top three, uh, top three or four new things that you need to try out because the Blackhawks are. Uh, adding a lot of different attractions and things you can do at the convention this year, which is super excited. I'm very excited for the uh, emergency goalie challenge, which basically is like an escape room and you need to get from the locker room to the ice. So that's with clues and stuff like that. So, and there's a virtual reality experience where you're like, you're literally walking in the United center. Like they take you through the halls of the United center into the locker room, like real, like real time kind of stuff. So that, that'll be really exciting. So um, we're super excited. Megan gets here on Wednesday. We've got some fun stuff planned on Thursday. I've got a couple surprises in store, so that'll be super fun. So, um, and then, yeah, we'll be there all weekend. We're going to be doing a ton of fun stuff. So I'm just super excited about that. Um, if any of you are going to be at the Blackhawks convention, comment and like tell us and all that fun stuff. It's always, yes, it's always, it's always just so fun. So, um, that being said yeah, about was, the Blackhawks. That being said about the Blackhawks, let's move on to NHL stuff. So the first piece of news that I wanted to talk about, I just thought it was like, I, I thought it was actually pretty sweet because I found out the the reasoning behind it. But William Nylander of the Toronto Maple Leafs will be changing his number from number 29 to 88. And he also uh, covered, he also offered to cover all of the jersey uh, number plate replacements if you go to Real Sports Toronto and if you bring in a 29 Nylander shirt. It's all the costs to replace the 29 with an 88 are sent to him. So you don't have to pay anything to get your jersey uh, replated. So that was pretty cool. But he did want to be number 92 because that was the number his dad wore. But I think he chose – he said he chose uh, 88 because that's what his brother wore in junior, Alex. So he's like, I just want to keep it in the family. But then I saw something that was like, add it to the list of NHL little brothers who can't choose – 
Oh, or like yeah. little brothers or, or daughter or sons that can't choose their own number. And it's like the Kachucks both wear number seven. The Hughes brothers both wear number 43. Well, Hughes wears 86, but he wore 43 with um, the program. So 43 times two is 86. Uh-huh. I know. So, I was like, oh, you sly dog. I see what you're doing there. Like, I see your it? math. I see it. I see it. Who was it that um, I want to say it was someone that had. It was someone that had 91 and went to 19 or went from 19 to 91. I can't remember who it was because I know Jonathan Taves is 16 for Team Canada and Patrick Kane's always been number 88. But I, I, I really think that there's someone that just flipped the numbers around and I can't like just flip which, which one Tyler goes Sagan first. Does. does he do that? Is he? Is he? Yeah, cause, so he was 19 in. Is he 19 uh, for Canada? In- uh, Who's nineteen? It's for either him Canada. or Stamkos. Like, but it depends because if Stamkos isn't playing, then he is nineteen. Right. I don't think Stamkos is nineteen though. I, I don't think, think so either. Not that I think about. It. I think he's ninety-one, and that's why Tyler Sagan. But is nineteen? I think was. I think he was nineteen in Boston. Yes, I think so too. But I, I think, think he when flipped. he went to the Stars, he had to pick a different number because I think nineteen was already taken, so he yes. just flipped the numbers. Yes. Yeah, so but there have been other players who have done that too. Right, right. So, but he's the one I immediately think of. But yeah, so that was that was a little piece of news there. So, if you have a twenty nine Nylander jersey, go to Real Sports Toronto and get it changed to an eighty eight for um, free. For free, because courtesy of William Nylander. Uh, another piece of news that came out: Kevin Deneen, who is the former assistant coach with the Blackhawks from twenty fourteen to twenty eighteen, and was a Stanley Cup champion with us in twenty fifteen, has been named the second head coach in San Diego Goals history. That is the AHL team of the Anaheim Ducks. They made it pretty far in the AHL playoffs last year, and they're a really, really good farm team, which kind of gives the Ducks a little bit of hope because they're they're really stacked down there, and uh, their head coach who, oh, I forget his name, I think it was something Bob Murray, I think his name is. He was the head coach down there, and he's a great coach, but he got promoted to head coach of the Anaheim Ducks for this upcoming season after they got rid of Randy Carlisle. So that will be very exciting, but congrats to Kevin Deneen. He was also dismissed when uh, Joel Quenville was fired last season. So him and Deneen, uh, Joel Quenville, Deneen, and uh, Kitchen was gone a couple seasons ago. And then Ulf Danielson was the one from last season yeah. that also was yeah. gone. So congrats to Kevin Deneen. Uh, going over to the Seattle team, Ron Francis is named the first GM of the Seattle whatevers. Well, they haven't decided their names yet. Uh, he was formerly the GM of the Carolina Hurricanes from 2014 to 20, 2018. He, they did not qualify for the Stanley Cup playoffs during that period, but he did help acquire those those players I was gonna and build say, those players. He, he's really the one that built the Hurricanes as they look today. Yeah. Aside from like a handful of guys, he's basically the architect of that team. So I feel like Seattle's in pretty good hands. I feel and that's that's how it was in Tampa Bay with uh Steve Eiserman. Steve Eiserman basically <laughs> built that team and then left uh what you call it? Oh, I forget his name right now. Oh it's Brisebois, there it is. Yeah, I know. I was gonna say Barube, and I was like, nope, that's not it. Brisebois came in, and so basically, but basically, it's the team that Iserman built. So it's kind of the same situation there. But that'll be really exciting. They kind of have some some people in the organization to start making, you know, making some moves and, and figuring out all that stuff. So that'll be really fun. They're still they're still far away. They they start playing the twenty twenty one season or the twenty one twenty two seasons, I believe. I think it's twenty one twenty two. So still a couple years out, but. 
We get some movement there. Uh, Alex Ovechkin will serve as an NHL ambassador in China later this summer. So he will visit the week of August 4th, and he will be doing things such as hockey clinics, uh, media tour, and business business development meetings. So basically this is just another part of the initiative of the NHL to build the game of hockey over in Asia and in China. They have done Global Series games there before where they've gone and played exhibition games in China Seems to be receiving it pretty well, considering they keep going back every season, every offseason and stuff, and doing all that stuff. So it's pretty cool that Alex Ovechkin gets to do that. He is a face of the league, and, I mean, he's from Russia, which is not... It's like half Europe, half Asia. It's a huge it's country. Eurasia. It's Eurasia. Like, it's it's kind of both not saying, like, he has super, super, like, big ties to Asian culture, which I don't think he has, but it's pretty cool. No, he is from that Russia's part of the West. world. Yeah. You know? Yes. Yeah. So that'll be really cool. And then, as we mentioned earlier, Brock McGinn and the Carolina Hurricanes, the first player to avoid arbitration, they did it. They 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 signed this contract before his arbitration meeting the same day. Uh, they He settles at a $2.1 million AAV over two years. So before arbitration, Carolina came in at $1.75 million per year, and McGinn came in at $2.7 million a year. So... It's just a million difference. It's just a million. But honestly, in hockey terms and in contract negotiations, a million is, like, not even a big deal. Like, I'm pretty sure no. during the whole Nylander thing last year, they said that they were only, like, a million or less off. And I was like, just sign yeah. a deal. Like, Just sign a deal. Who you're cares? You're going to get that in endorsements anyway, you know? Yeah, like, really. Yeah. Um, but as I was saying earlier, so the – I was selfishly and for – the sake of my entertainment, I really wanted them to keep Brock McGinn because the PA announcer for the Hurricanes, who has a great voice, by the way. Um, I can't think of his name right now, but he has a Twitter. Um, he's really funny. Um, but the way he says Brock McGinn's name is the best. Ooh, I, I wish I could it? do it. I wish I could do it well. My sister can do it really well. I'll try it. Yes, but he please. does like the he's like Brock. McGinn and it's the best <laughs> he drags it out longer than I can but like it's really good that's like the gist of it it's you should go google it and listen to it because it's the best he actually says all of their names really well because like Sebastian Ajo is one of, a fa- one of my favorites because like he says Sebastian really fast and he goes ah ho it's so good it's so good <laughs> everybody listening should go to a Hurricanes game just to listen to him read the starting lineup because right. it's amazing or like if anybody scores obviously um like even Tavo, again, says Tavo really quickly, and they says Tara Vinen. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's the best, y'all. It's the best. Dude, the – oh, what was I going to say? Oh, he – I am specifically partial to Brock McGinn because he is the leader of my favorite Storm Serve celebration, the Thor Lightning. Oh, thing. yeah. The Thor one is the best one. That I one was my favorite. I will not take any criticism on that. That is the best one they did. I yes. think the second would probably be the slam dunk one. Yes, yes. So <laughs> that one was really good. That was during March Madness. I also too. really appreciated the duck, the duck hunting one as well. That one was good. And that the was fish funny. One. That was funny. I Going do down agree. memory lane. Oh, good times. Good times. Good times. Back when times were simple. So <laughs> NHL.com has released their off-season power rankings list here. And I'm just they did 1 through 16. So I'm just going to go through. This is half the league. This is what half the league looks like, okay? So I'm just going to go through. And go 1 through 16, and then we can just discuss whatever, which ones were like, wait, what? Why is that one up there? Okay. Number one, Tampa Bay Lightning. Number two, the St. Louis Blues. Number three, Boston Bruins. Number four, Nashville Predators. 
number five, Toronto Maple Leafs, number six, Washington Capitals, number seven, Dallas Stars, number eight, Calgary Flames, number nine, San Jose Sharks, number 10, Colorado Avalanche, number 11, Vegas Golden Knights, number 12, Florida Panthers, number 13, Pittsburgh Penguins, number 14, Winnipeg Jets, number 15, Carolina Hurricanes, number 16, New York Islanders. The first one I want to touch on is Nashville at number four. Yeah, I... What? They haven't, they haven't done anything this summer. Their power play last year alone should be enough to say, I don't think no. they're in the top five in the league right now. I'd put them top ten for sure. I'd yeah. put them top ten because they do have a lot of great players. But, but they made it to what? The second round? No, they did. They no. even made they, they got they bumped in the first round. Yes, yes. By Dallas. And there you go. I just, I don't, I, I don't, don't get, get that it. One. And they lost I, P.K. Subban, too. The one that makes me mad, and I'll tell you why, is the Penguins. Okay. Literally, this happens every single year. They find some way to put the Penguins between, <laughs> and I think Sarah Sivian tweeted it, like somewhere in the top, like, usually it's like the, the top, top 10. But, like, I don't understand. I don't understand. They were awful last year. I know they made it to the playoffs. I get it. You can yell that at me all you want. They but got swept. They got swept by the Islanders. Like, I just, Look, I... I know Sidney Crosby's good. I get that. Fully understand. And I get that they have <laughs> other good players on the team. But Sidney Crosby's not going to carry this team. I'm, I'm sorry. Like... Just because he's on that team, okay, so if that's the logic we're going with, if if you're going to put the Penguins at 13 because they have Sidney Crosby, which I can only assume is the reason that he's that they're there, then you got to put freaking Edmonton up there somewhere too because they have Connor McDavid. That. I was just like, going to say that. Might as well throw the Blackhawks up there because they have Patrick Kane. Like, what? That doesn't make any sense. One team, like, one person makes a team now, apparently. Well, that's why the Panthers are up Crosby. there. They got Bobrovsky. Yeah, that... And that one like, also okay, was yeah, one sure. I wanted to touch on oh, because that makes zero sense. That's one I wanted to touch on too. The Florida Panthers, right there at number twelve, right before the Pittsburgh Penguins, and I get it. They're I picked them off season last year to be like a dark horse, like surprise team that kind of came out of left field. And they, they, the thing is, is that they had the best power play last year, and like little, I think it was second in the league for over half the season. Like their power play was deadly. The problem was, and I think that's why it's on here, the problem with them is that they couldn't get a save. Offense wasn't their problem. They could score goals all day long, and their power, their penalty kill was also really great. But they couldn't get a save. James Reimer was up and down all year, and so was Roberto Luongo, and we know the health issues that he had because, hence, him retiring this offseason. So that them being there, and then also Colorado not being up higher – I think Colorado, yeah, after all the acquisitions that they've made and the players that they've got coming up in their system, I think they should be, like, top five. Like, I'd so put too. them in Nashville spot. I really would. Me too. And I they made it deep in the playoffs, and it wasn't like they went out They went out in a terrible way. They went out on a hand pass like, and, and I don't an offsides call. And I know, so I know, I get this too, but I was a little surprised to see the blues up that high and before anybody attacks me for just saying this because I don't like the blues that's not what this is it's not I get that they won the Stanley Cup and like it would look kind of stupid if they didn't put the Stanley Cup winner up there but top five but like my concern though is with them is like are they going to be consistent 
if they can prove that they can get to the playoffs again this year, then sure, put them there. But like, I don't know. I'm not ready to get, to be like, yes, yes, amazing team. Like, no, no, They're, and I don't think that either. I'm just not. I top five is fine, but I would probably put the Bruins and probably put the Maple Leafs above them. I was also kind of surprised that the Capitals were up that high because yeah, they lost in the first in the round. First round. I mean, granted, it was like, I mean, that was a hell of a series. Like, right. It, that that series was unbelievable. But I don't know. It, they haven't done anything this season either, aside from lose Andre Burakovsky. Like, I, I don't know. That one was also weird to me. I think they should be lower. Right. I'm surprised that the stars are as high as they are because, I mean, they got Joe Pavelski, which I was very excited about. But they haven't really done that much either i i don't know this these power rankings just never make any sense to me and it's the same thing like when they rank like college football teams or even like nfl teams and stuff before the season starts like why are you doing this you're basing this off of old information because there's nothing to talk or about of, or off of biases like it just like it's based off last season exactly like just uh, uh-uh. i i'm calling an end to it i think I, it's stupid. Power rankings like, during the season, I I can do because it's like okay, once you get a big enough sample size, you can kind of see who's pulling right, away like, from the I pack like and after, stuff. After like ten or fifteen games, I'd say twenty. You, yeah, I'm, but I'm saying like at the very least. Yeah, yeah. You can kind of get a taste because I knew pretty early on last year that the Blackhawks were not going to be good. I had faith that they were going to be good, but I could just tell. Yeah, and. And I think part of that is just because I'm a fan of the specific team. So I can see when there are glaring issues because I pay so much attention to them. Right. But at the same time, it's one of those things, especially after they fired Q, I was like, well, here we are. <laughs> nice knowing you 2019 or 2018, 2019 season. Um, I don't know. I, it just, these power ranking things just make me mad. They, I don't like them really in any sport. I think just look at the standings. Right what's the difference but I mean I guess I, I get it that you're picking teams that have been hot recently whatever I get it but like the offseason ones are just stupid like you're basing this off of old old information right like, and you have nothing and, to do and clearly some sort of bias because the penguins should not be on there oh yeah they're on there because of Sidney Crosby there you hot go Hot take. Well, one last thing before we wrap up the NHL section here. I did read this the other day, and I saw it actually today again. The Calgary Flames have reached a tentative deal. It isn't set in stone, and nothing has really been officially said. But uh, they have a tentative deal to build a new arena to replace the Saddle Dome, which has been there since October 15th, 1983, and it was renovated in 1994. The Flames have been there, playing there since 1983. Uh, it wouldn't likely – it wouldn't begin – construction until about 2020 but the projected cost is between 550 and 600 million dollars to make a new uh, arena and it would see 18,000 have retail space a community rink and 400,000 square feet of underground parking which is interesting I don't I don't think there's any arena that really does that right now specifically in the NHL that has underground parking I think the only reason that I could think of that 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 would make sense is because they get so much snow Yes. Like it'd be, I think it would be probably easier for people to, well, and, would, clear, like, and clear like space. Cause they said there's going to be a retail space in a community rink, like clear space exactly. for all of that, like a development all area, stuff, yeah. you yeah. know, like the, the, the Cubs 
have done that since the Ricketts came in and bought the team, the owners, since they've come in. Wrigley Field used to be the ballpark and a Taco Bell and a McDonald's across the street. And now there's a hotel that has three different restaurants in it. There's a park at Wrigley. There's fountains for kids to play in. There's a Cub store. There's a Starbucks, bars, restaurants. Like there, it, It's a place that people want to go even when the Cubs aren't playing. A place that people want to go when you don't have a ticket because the park at Wrigley opens up once first, first pitch happens. So you have to have a ticket to get into the park at Wrigley before the game starts. And then once first pitch happens, anyone can come in, sit on a lawn chair, bring a blanket, and they have a giant TV on the office buildings. And you can sit right outside of Wrigley Field and watch the game. They've made it a very attractive area, not just for baseball, but in everything in that area now. There's there's shops on Sheffield now. Then there's a parking garage and apartment living, and that's all owned by the Ricketts and the Cubs. So they, they've really turned it into something that fans want to come down to more so than just to see the baseball game because that's all you used exactly, to go yeah. down there for. And I think the same could kind of be done here with the Flames and, and other arenas that are being new and built, and especially Seattle, because there is so much going on in Seattle that I think that they could really use that to their advantage and kind of make like a corporate, not like a corporate, but like a, a social entertainment kind of area out of it, because I'm curious I've, to see what Seattle does. I I don't know. I want them to take a freaking name at this point. I like I. I hate calling them. What's their Instagram handle? It's like NHL Seattle or something. Right. Fine, but I was like, say the Seattle team. The Seattle team. Like, give me a freaking name. I don't. It's funny too because I've heard some of the names been thrown like that are being thrown around, and I don't like most of them. Right. But I also didn't like Golden Knights when I first heard it, and now I'm like, yes, I've grown um, on it. Yeah. I although to be honest, still think they should be called the Aces, but it's fine. Ooh. Um, yeah, um, that's fine. Whatever. Um. I, get I could it. rename. I could rename a lot of the NHL teams if I had the chance. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll make that my podcast one day. I mean, yes. my, my podcast, my uh, power play one day. Yeah. Um, just rename every single NHL team. That would be um, fun. Be, actually, it'd be kind of hard. Some of them I feel like are really good, and like, wow, I couldn't think of that. Right. But I feel like there are a handful that I could rename. I like that. Well, yeah. speaking of the power play, let's move on to that. So, do you have a power play yet, or would you like me to go first? I don't have a power play, and I cannot for the life of me think of <laughs> one today. I, I told you before, I, before we hopped on that I've been in this weird rut all week, and I've been kind of disconnected to hockey um, and to everything in general, like news and everything. I just, I really just haven't been on my phone that much. It's just been busy, um, you know, just with work and trying to figure out what I wanted to take to Chicago and cleaning and right. making sure my place looks nice for the parents that are staying here this weekend. Shout out to the rents um, for taking care of my dog. Um, Shouts. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think I have anything to talk about this week. So if you want a four-minute power play, you well, got Well, oh, God. I don't think I can talk about my topic for four minutes, but I'll just, I'll just do a minor. I don't need a double minor. Just I'll just go as long as you want. Just okay. go as long as you want. Okay. All right. Are you ready? Are you ready? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, I got it. Okay. So I did mention it earlier when I mentioned that the, the convention is this weekend, but I just wanted to give a little pre-convention pump up for those of you who are going. Uh, for those of you who are not, I highly recommend going. I'm pretty sure passes are still on sale and rooms are actually still available at the Hilton downtown. So 
I just love this weekend of the year so much, especially because it's the middle of the summer. We've been without hockey. The, the Hawks obviously didn't make the playoffs. We've been without hockey since the first week of April. It's been a long drought, but it's really, really fun to see all of the players again and all their families and everything that's there. And I'm especially excited because Andrew Shaw is back, and I've decided that I'm wearing my Andrew Shaw jersey. Well, my sister's Andrew Shaw jersey that she lets me borrow because she's so nice. My sister's Andrew Shaw jersey on Friday for the opening ceremonies, and I'm just, it's its a really great way to connect with new Blackhawks fans as well, and it's a really cool way to see different things that you don't see during the year at the United Center. The United Center is awesome, and there's a lot of stuff to do there, especially now that they open the atrium within the side of the United Center, but, and there's a lot to do at the games too, but this is a little more... I don't know. This is a little more interactive. They have a lot of new, as I mentioned earlier, they have a lot of new attractions like that are coming. They have the virtual reality. You can design your own puck. You can go through the NHL combine. You could do a hockey. They said that you can do a hockey 101 session with Blackhawks prospects. So I'm really, really want to do that because I have been practicing in my, in my driveway. I have my, my little net and I go top cheese all the time. Uh, top left corner is my, is my, my money shot. But I'm just very excited for it, and I'm very excited for Megan to be here and to have another human being that isn't my parents or my sister living in my home, because I feel like it's just different. Like, it's more fun, I guess, and uh, we're going to be doing a lot of different fun things and um, different things that we haven't done before when she was here last summer and over the winter, so I'm just very excited for the convention, and I think this is a really good time of year, and also, if you're going to the convention and you've been before, or even if you've never been, and... Something happens where, like, you you don't get that close spot that you want to for the opening ceremonies or for one of the panels or you don't meet that player that you wanted to meet. That's okay, and I, I remember the first year I was really crushed because my friends met someone else and I didn't get to meet them, and it was just really sad, and, like, I was just kind of by myself, but I realized that I was at this amazing convention with so many different things to do and it's a privilege alone to be able to go and to be able to afford to go and I think it's just really lucky and I'm just so excited for I'm just like literally this is the best weekend of the year like I was telling the mom that I babysit for today because usually I babysit on Sundays and I was like oh I can't like I got the Blackhawks convention and I was explaining it to her and she's like you seem really excited about this and I'm just like happy like face like just smiling telling her all about it and how about how Megan's coming in so I'm very, very, very excited. So if you're at the convention, comment down below. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll meet up, you know, do that thing. I don't think we're famous enough to meet up yet. We probably will never be famous enough to meet up with people, but you never know. So I just wanted to say that I'm very excited and that um, there's going to be a lot of stuff coming. We have um, an interview coming up that will be coming out later this week that you'll see as a bonus episode and then also we're going to be doing a podcast together in person when Megan's here which is going to be crazy uh we don't have to see each other through a camera screen so it'll be really exciting so yeah I'm excited nice to said I'm very excited too I like I was thinking about it earlier this week and I think it was on like Tuesday or Wednesday I'm like oh my god I can't wait a week and now it's only like a couple of days until I fly and three I'm not yeah yeah um I don't know why, but I love plane rides. Like I could fly in a plane forever and be totally content um, just going around in circles. Um, <laughs> just kidding. But I do really like flying. I get really anxious about it, but I do like once I'm at the airport and past security and everything, I'm fine. Right. Um, I think it's just like travel in general makes me anxious and not necessarily in a bad way. Just like, I don't know. It just, this just, it just makes me anxious. Oh, so yeah. I'm like really anxious right now. And, um, I'm very excited. I'm, 
I love Chicago. I mean, that's not really a secret at all, but I no, am like counting say. down the days until I can live in Chicago. Um, especially, especially like this past week, it's been like well over a hundred every day here. And I keep checking the weather oh. in Chicago to just see like what it's going to be like next or this week when I'm going to be there. And like today it's like 75. I'm like, are you kidding me? It's 97 here. Dude, dude. It was like 105 on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Like we just had like the highest heat temperatures yeah. in Chicago in years. So you didn't. And like with the heat index, I think the heat index, the high was 114. I was going to say, yeah. It, and I was in New Buffalo that day. Yeah. Yesterday. <laughs> I stayed in the like, lake. <laughs> Yesterday, we were under an excessive heat advisory, so they were like, if you can avoid going outside, That'd be good. avoid going outside. Um, so I, I ran my errands in, like early in the morning before it got hot, and then I came home and literally stayed inside the rest of the day until I had to walk my dog at night. But um, Today was a blessing. Like Today, I was like, this is a cold front. It was like 80. No, it I was so like, this is a cold here. front. When it's supposed to be like in the 80s, I think like all next week in Chicago. I'm like, oh my God, Dude, we are all this week. 85 and sunny on that Thursday when we were going to be running around downtown. Yeah, I am so, so excited. So right it's now be in Raleigh, North Carolina, it's 97, but feels like 104. And in Chicago, it's 73 and feels like 73. I could die. It's 76 inland. Weather, 73 is the lake effect. Whatever. That's what I have on my phone. Um, either way. And that's where we're going to be most of the time anyways. Um, but like, uh, that's perfect. I Anything in the mid-70s, I'm here for. That is my ideal weather. California like, weather, dude. I feel like mid, like, I would say like 60s and 70s are my ideal. I can hit the 80s. That's fine. But like anything above like 85, no, no, right. no, no, no. And I've lived down here forever at this point and... I'm just ready to see some snow in the winter and not die in the summer. So I love winter. It's, in- it's my favorite season. So I, do I. I don't like and summer very much, like weather-wise. Not, yeah, no, I love summer as far as like summer I here love the at feel least. Of it. Yeah, I love the summer vibes. Like right. I love, I love that fruit is so much better in the summer than it is in winter. Right. Um, I'm a big fruit advocate. Um, I just bought some pineapples yesterday, and they look amazing. So I'm really excited to get into that. Um, yeah, buddy. Strawberries always taste better in the summer, and so does watermelon, obviously. So I'm I'm very excited for all of that. But and obviously, like going to the beach and right. There know, are like, good parts whatever. about there, it. I just would rather be cold. But yeah, I would much rather be cold. And it's funny because we moved into a new office at my job, and um, it's freezing. Oh, <laughs> like good. I feel like I'm in an ice box. <laughs> but I would much or I was having this discussion with my coworkers a couple of days ago I'd much rather be cold than warm like right I keep a fan on in my room even though I keep my temperature like at 70 between like 70 and 74 mm-hmm. in my apartment which is like fairly cold um like I'm wearing a sweatshirt right now but I'm like comfortable right I like and I keep my fan on in my room because a my dog sleeps with me and she's like a space heater um <laughs> but I also I wear socks to bed Cause I don't, I don't know. I just, I've always worn socks to bed. So like, I'm, I'm comfortable. Right. I can't, I don't like being hot. I right. hate sweating. Sweating is disgusting, <laughs> which is really funny because I'm trying to learn a dance and I'm like so into it that I don't rise until I've done it a couple of times that I'm like, Oh no, I'm like dripping. <laughs> um, so another reason why I'm not athletic, I don't like sweating. Hey. Um, and not even that I don't like putting in the work to sweat. I just don't. 
I just don't like the feeling of sweating in general. It doesn't matter if I've done anything or not. If I'm sweating, I'm not happy. See, I like sweating when I know and I prepare myself that I'm going to sweat. Like I'm going to a workout, I'm going to sweat. But if I, and I'm okay with that, I prepare for that. But if I'm like just outside chilling, walking around and I start sweating, no, I don't like that. Like I take the girls That's on walks all the time. I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't like it. So and especially I know, with like this I, knee brace, like. I literally walk across the street from the parking garage I park in to my building in the past week. I've gotten into work basically dripping. And I'm like, I'm walking across the street. Yeah. I am taking all of 10 steps to get to my building. Probably more than that. But like, you get the point. I should not be that hot walking into my icebox office. Yeah. No. But it's fine. Whatever. All right. Well, that does it for this week's episode. We On that hot note. <laughs> on that hot note. Um, that does it for this week's episode. Next time you hear from us, like I said, Megan and I are going to be together. So that'll be super fun for the podcast next week. And we also have a bonus interview coming out on, I want to say either Thursday or Friday. So keep your eyes out for that interview coming out. But thank you again for listening. Thanks for getting all the way here. Uh, make sure you follow our Instagram and our Twitter and everything. And our, and our personal Instagram and Twitters, it's always all linked below in our uh, podcast description there. Share, tell your friends, all that fun stuff. Uh, And we thank you so much and we love you guys so much and we can't wait to talk to you guys next week and when we're together. Um, All right. Have a good week, guys. Bye, guys.